Welcome back, everybody, to this very inconsistent podcast of mine. <laughs> it is as inconsistent as I am, so I guess it all aligns. It's also as inconsistent as where I am in the world and where in the world I record this. Now, I am so excited for this podcast episode. I have, you know, usually when I record these podcasts, I have like a specific topic that I want to talk about. And usually I write kind of a an, an essay out, like I write a longer piece and then I keep a couple of words in front of me so I know what direction I want to go in and like I, I prepare quite a bit for these podcast episodes. But I felt now I haven't I feel like I haven't like talked to you all a lot. You know, before I used to do a lot of live things. Like I used to do live streams or I played my online stage concerts where I got to actually talk to you. Or I was on tour at least once a year and met some of you. Um, and now, you know, I feel like I, I'm missing that personal connection point. So I felt like I don't want to prepare this deep, long podcast essay. I just want to sit down and talk to all of you. So I asked you on Instagram, if you could meet me for a coffee, what would you want to tell me? Ask me. Funny, random, deep, whatever. I got so many messages. And honestly, just just getting all these messages makes me feel like uh, I'm not alone in the world. There are people out there who feel like me. And also the kinds of questions that you sent over, it's like you are asking me the things that I am asking myself every single day. So I am one of you and it just makes me feel so belonged and I'm so grateful for this for this long-lasting online community that we have created. I just wanted to say that because, you know, I feel like you forget that. I forget that and I feel very lonely a lot of the times and I feel like there's no place for me on this on this internet planet anymore. But um, yeah, I, I think I think what we have like the the bond that I have with all of you through my music and through my books, it's deeper than I sometimes understand myself. So thank you for sending me your questions. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna dive in, answer them one by one, see what comes out. I, I have my morning coffee. It is Sunday morning. It's 9:30. I um I'm just gonna see what happens. Before I dive in though, I wanna give you like a quick update because there were a lot of questions about where are you? <laughs> like, why did you leave Portugal? Where are you now? Where are you going now? Guys, I don't know. I don't know where I'm supposed to be on the planet. <laughs> it's like my biggest, that that's, if there is one life question I need to figure out this year, it is where do I want to live? Um, I have been working on this really great I thought it was going to be a part of my book, my new book first, and then I realized I think this is going to be a podcast episode. Maybe it's going to be both, but it's essentially a piece on how to break up with a city, which is the process I'm going through right now. And it's a long back and forth kind of breakup. We are both definitely still in love with each other, but also not so great for each other. And we both have grown up and matured and we are not so... We're not a good fit for each other anymore, but it's a long breakup and um, yeah, that's where I'm at. So anyway, 
I was in Portugal over the winter, over October, November, December, January. I hopped over to Malta for a bit, hopped over to France. I was back in Sweden a few times. I'm recording this in Berlin, but I'm going back to Sweden next week. So yeah, still lost, still wondering, and um, I have no excuse. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, you guys, but we're going to figure it out together and it's going to be great. All right, I'm going to dive into these questions. going to pick up my little phone here. Open Instagram, and I'm just gonna like go through them one by one. I apologize in advance if I ruin someone's name, but I'm gonna do my best. Um, okay, the first one is from I think Kruger. I think that's how you say it, Kruger. Uh, okay, actually, have I'm gonna bundle these two together. So we have from Kruger. What is your inspiration for your texts and books? And then Kaylee asks, what, what inspires you most? To travel and to write? And obviously to write about traveling. Uh, yes, to both of these. Um, I mean, what inspires me to write and, and just in general is obviously my, my strange little life. I, I've always been, even like when I started writing songs when I was younger and now writing books, um, I've always, it, it's starting from this urge to understand why I'm on this planet. And also, um, you know, it's freaking weird to go through a life. Like there is no rule book for it. And also, I guess I have been someone who um, I have seen how adults around me enter this path through life like when I was younger adults around me they um I've said this before like they went to school and they went to more school and then they got a job and a husband and three kids and a car and a house and a mortgage and they went to Spain two weeks every year and complained about Mondays and then they retire and like the way that I saw people go through life just did not attract me. I did not want to go through a life like that. So I guess my whole life has been about challenging that and trying to ignore that and find a path through life that actually made sense to me or still makes sense to me. Um, and for me, that always started with feeling like I'm doing something valuable in the world. I'm doing something I am passionate about and care about that makes me feel alive, that makes me forget about time. Um, and, you know, I was lucky to find music very early on. And so what inspires me is to try to figure out how to live a good life. And, you know, there are so many aspects to that. Like, what is a good life? Well, for me, a good life is a life where you feel at peace. You wake up every... Well, okay, this is maybe the distinction. A good life to me is not just getting by. It's not just being able to pay your rent and have people around you and, um, you know, take off the to-do list every day. That's not enough for me. And it's never been enough for me. A good life to me is when you wake up every day excited to do whatever you're supposed to be doing that day. Like you wake up with wide open eyes and you can't wait to get started. And you, um, you go to sleep at night feeling so fulfilled and eager to do it all over again tomorrow. 
And that to me does not mean that it's not hard sometimes or that you cry sometimes or that you want to quit sometimes. It just means that you have a feeling of a deeper purpose with what you're doing. And that's what I've been trying to chase. Like I never wanted to just have a paycheck or a day job. I wanted to wake up feeling like if I if I leave this earth in seven days, I know that the next seven days I'm doing what I would have been doing if I leave in seven days. You know what I mean? Um, and also, you know, as I've grown a bit older, obviously my my values have changed a little bit. I have learned more and more that peace and um, feeling safe is more important today than it was 10 years ago for me. 10 years ago, I was excited to go and l- stand on the edge and look down and say, oh, I wonder what happens if I jump and fly, <laughs> you know? Now, I'd rather have like a safety net up there and sit in a camping chair and drink my coffee and look at the view instead. <laughs> but these are natural things that changes as you grow up, you know? Um, another thing that I definitely have added to my value list is uh, people, people who understand you. And I've gone through a couple of different stages with that. So when I was younger, I, I had no craving for people around me. I was excited to go out there and make this on my own and take care of myself and be independent. And then at some point I felt very lonely and kind of wanted just be to be around anybody, be around a lot of people. Today, I don't need a lot of people. I need a few deep, valuable connections. Um, I'd rather have two friends that I deeply love and feel inspired by and who understand me and who care about me than 30 people that I kind of, kind of can be around, you know. Um... And and so all these things inspire me when it comes to writing my books, because how do you get this? And then you start to chase it and you try to chase your dream, like career or your friendships or your relationship. And you realize there, there is an art to this. Like this is freaking hard. And also you achieve a couple of goals and you're like, I fought so hard for this goal and I don't know if I feel happier or I achieved this goal and fought really hard for it and people around me don't really seem to care. Why do I care then? Or, you know, there are so many things that comes with, like first you figure out what a good life is and then you try to chase it and then you realize this is weird and hard and everything kind of hurts now and then. Um... So that inspires me. I want to write about it because I want to know that there are other people out there who go through the same kind of struggle and who also think about these things. And when I get these messages or these questions from you guys that tells me like um, that book or that song or that writing or that podcast episode, it was directly about me or directly to me. I feel like, oh, that's so good because it means I'm not alone in feeling that or thinking about that. And that is why I write. That is why I share stuff on the internet. Um, yeah, I guess that, I guess that, um, 
that answers it. And one thing from from Kaylee, who says, "What inspires you most to travel and to write, or and obviously to write about traveling?" Yes, traveling is a huge part of of feeling inspired to me um, because I know, like, the moments I feel the most fulfilled is when I can write, um, when I when I can get lost in songwriting, or when I can write on like a book or whatever it is I'm writing on. And in order to write these things. I need to be put in new situations and new experiences that creates these new thought patterns that makes me question certain things or realize how I want my life to be now, for example, or whatever. And so it's really rewarding to be a writer who writes about life because it drives me to always be looking for new things, for new settings, for new views, for new conversations, for new people. Um, so traveling is absolutely a huge part of that. Damn, if I'm going to keep these answers this long, I'm not going to get through all of the <laughs> questions. Maybe I'm going to have to split this up in two. I think that would be good, actually. Maybe I'll do two episodes and I'll post them like um, close to each other. Okay, next question is, will you go back to Bali? Um, I would love to. I would love to go back to Bali. I guess I'll go there next time. I break my own little heart or lose my <laughs> ways, <laughs> which will probably happen next Tuesday or so. So now Bali was beautiful. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I spent a bit over a month in Bali. Um, it's a couple of years ago now, mm, four or five years ago. I was very heartbroken. I was very lost. I didn't know where to move or where to live. <laughs> Actually, kind of like now. <laughs> um, but... It was beautiful. I went there and I did, uh, like, I, I worked as a yoga teacher in this little yoga school and um, met incredible people, walked home barefoot from outdoor bars and just tried to be a human. And it was beautiful. A lot of love for Bali. A lot of things happened there. And um, I would love to go back for sure. Julia asks, and first of all, Julia is... Usually, you know, you spell Julia as J-U-L-I-A, but Julia spells it so beautifully with J-U-L-I-J-A. Julia. It makes so much sense. Love it. Okay. What's your biggest reward from sharing your creative work online? Love this question. I mean, I kind of touched on it before, Um the reward is really this thing of feeling less alone, feeling like there are more people out there, feeling like I'm I'm finding my people by being honest, by um, being totally, brutally honest and open about my experience in life and how I feel and what I'm going through. Um, and, and through that, attracting people who also feel the same things and then you letting me know that I'm not alone. Like that, to, that's my like selfish reason. Then obviously connected with that is when I get a message saying that what I wrote, a song or a book or a podcast episode helped someone, that made someone else feel less alone or made someone else get new thoughts that could help them or um, that's obviously also the most, the most incredible thing because then it's a win-win. I was honest you found comfort, and by you finding comfort, I find comfort, knowing that you understand me, and I'm not strange or weird or alone. That is the most rewarding thing for sure. 
Uh, Natasha asks, what makes you feel free and at peace? Mm. What makes you feel free and at peace? Okay, I just cut out five minutes silent pause here. Oh, this created so many thoughts in me. I'm gonna, honestly, Natasha, I'm gonna make an episode on this only because I just realized I had so many things to say about this. But but sweet and short, the thing that I'm thinking about when I'm reading this question, what makes you feel free and at peace is, I know the moments in my life when I have felt free and at peace, they are moments when I have not felt burdened by the future or the past. They are moments when I have just been okay with being alive in this very simple moment. They like these moments when I'm free and at peace, they have never anything to do with like grand happenings or huge experiences or um, milestones in my life or you know, like they are not cele- celebrations of any sort. They are very simple, peaceful moments. They usually involve some sort of connection to nature. I know those simple moments when I am in nature, like close to the ocean, in the forest, um, like running in the forest or doing yoga by the water, or or even, I mean, I definitely have had these moments in big cities, but then I need to really feel a, a strange, like spiritual connection to the city. I feel that way in Porto, in Portugal. I think that is one of the reasons I am so eager to one day maybe have a little apartment there or or so, because Porto is one of these very um, unique cities for me where it's a big city. Like it's not out on the countryside. I'm, I don't feel isolated from people or from happenings. It's a big city. But the city for me is so connected to nature. It feels like an old mother mother earth grandma who who like I don't know I just feel like the whole city is is uh like a nature castle (laughs) yeah as you can hear I really love Porto um and so I need to feel that kind of connection with the place I'm in I think that that is one of the reasons I'm struggling with Berlin because I do not feel any sense of connection with nature earth, sky, or the city here. Although there are other things about Berlin that I love, but I have a hard time feeling this free. I feel at peace here, but I've never really felt free here. In Sweden, where I'm from, I feel free. In Sweden, we have a lot of open landscapes, really beautiful nature. I feel free in Sweden because of the nature, but I, I rarely feel at peace in Sweden because now I'm missing um, I'm missing the, the energy around me from people who want something with their lives, who are on the same path as me, who are fighting to improve things or live a certain way. Or like I'm missing people with similar values to me, uh, where I'm from at least. Now I'm being super judgmental. I hope nobody is offended if, if you're Swedish. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this free and at peace, like that combination is very rare to me, but the moments I've felt it, they have been simple. They have been, for example, I know 
when I was in Bali all these years ago, um, I had these beautiful moments when I had been maybe out having some drinks with friends or whatever. And I was walk- walking home at like 4 a.m. in the morning and it was lukewarm because it's always warm there. And I was walking barefoot and I had this beautiful, easy, simple conversation with a stranger. And it like we were looking up at the sky and talking about the world and life and I was in this in-between space where I didn't really have anything pushing me back or anything uh, or anything pulling me back or anything pushing me forward. I was like right in the middle of that moment with this person in this beautiful place and I know I had incredible moments of feeling at peace and free there. Same thing when I spent uh, some time in Barcelona. Uh, It's like uh, two, three years ago now. I, it was the same. I, I had these moments where I did not want to go back to the past and I did not want to run quickly into the future. I wanted to be right there and then in my peaceful, free moment of just being me in the world. Um, so maybe that is actually um, one of the keys for me, like not not feeling like I, I want to be anywhere else. And I also know, like, I think that that was why I was so pulled into art very early on, because when I lose myself in songwriting or writing on a, on a, like a book or something, or even like photography or any other kind of art, these are moments when I, I am lost in the moment. I don't want to be anywhere else. I forget about the time, the space. It's me and the universe and the sky and this thing that I'm creating and it's it that's like as close to getting high on life as I can possibly imagine um in these moments I am free and at peace and in my element so I need to chase them more okay next question I'm gonna botch this question or this name um carazone carazone Carousel, I'd like to ask you what a usual day looks like for you from getting up to going to bed. Okay, I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. Uh, Okay, so my days are different every single day uh, because I, I would say when I was a bit younger, I was very rigid with my structure of the day. I like woke up, did the same thing. I had a like a clear morning routine and I did this this hour and then I did this. I think as I have grown up a little bit now, the last few years, I have become a little bit more intuitive with how I spend my days, uh, which to me is connected to me learning how to tune into how I feel and and my body. How does my body feel today? How does my mind feel today? How is the world? What weather do we have? All these things I am way more sensitive to now because I actually want to be. I have taught myself to acknowledge these things. When I was a bit younger, I was way more stoic. I studied the Stoics, like I studied Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, and I I took pride in being very Stoic, which means I tried to not let anything interrupt my plan and my decision to do something. Today, I, I wanted to get out of that a little bit because it made me very um, unemotional, like it made me very harsh as a human. And I wanted to get in touch with my softer side, like my more intuitive, I would call it feminine energy side. So I have taught myself to wake up and 
acknowledge how I am and how I feel and take a look at the sky. The one thing that I do every single day, I'm going to do it my entire life, no matter what. I will not do anything before I have made my coffee and had my first sip of coffee. Like immediately. I open my eyes. I stand up, I go to the kitchen, make my coffee. I stand there just staring at the window until the coffee's done. I have my coffee, take my sip. Then I can start thinking. <laughs> so actually, usually I I would say either if it's nice weather, I tend to, if I'm somewhere nice, like when I was in Portugal, even if it's cold outside, I take on a jacket and I go just sit outside on a balcony or if I'm by the ocean, like I just want to sit outside, look at the sky and sip my coffee. Peace and quiet. Um, or here in Berlin, because it's usually dark when I wake up, I make my coffee and I tend to go back to bed, <laughs> which is really nice. I take my coffee, I go back to bed, I light some candles and I sit and sip my coffee and read a book or something for a few hours. No, not for a few hours, for one hour maybe. That is like the one thing that will never change. I will not do anything before I have my coffee. Um, then I would say my mornings are my creative safe havens. I write, think, create the best in my mornings. So I, this is also something that has changed the last year, actually. And I don't know if it's age or if it's that I am lacking some sort of vitamin or if it's just a strange transition. I used to wake up at like 5 a.m. by myself. I was always an early riser. I loved waking up before the world was awake. I had my coffee, then I went running. I got my work done before people even woke up. Lately, I actually love staying up very late. <laughs> it's been a strange, it's been a very strange transition, but I love staying up until like 2, 3 a.m. now. And then the other way around, I sleep a bit longer to like seven, at least seven, eight sometimes, which never happened in my life before. Uh, but either way, so from my wake up for around three, four hours, these are my creative hours. So I make my coffee, um, I take some time to wake up, and then I get to work. So whatever I'm writing on at that moment, if it's an album, I will get back to writing um, my songs or I will work on the productions or the mixing or just whatever creative is missing for that album. Right now I'm working on a new book. So every single day I wake up and I get to my computer and I start writing and it doesn't always have to be writing something new. If I, if I do manage to like just stop thinking and start writing something, then I, I always prioritize that. I, if I can write something new, that is my that's when I am entering the free and at peace kind of moment. But some mornings as well, I might have written something yesterday. And so I start by reading through that. And then I might go back in and like edit a little bit or add to it or delete certain parts. Or it might wake up a new thought in my head. Um, or like, for example, now I have actually written a lot on this new book. And so what I do every morning is starting to read through the writings one by one to try to find like a red line through the writings or add certain passages or um, just expand on it. So yeah, it's just my mornings are my creative hours. Um, that's also when I usually write on podcast episodes or uh, email newsletters that I send out sometimes or um, whatever needs to be written. 
my headphones are sounding so much. I hope it's not annoying. I have to buy new headphones. Shit. Uh, okay, so that's the morning. Then I would say like my in the middle of the day, I either usually go, so after I've had my creative hours, I either go um, running, I do train like quite, I have a training plan with a coach um, that I am following religiously. So either I go for um, my running training to the arena, I do usually intervals according to my training schedule, or I go to the gym for strength training. I also try to do Pilates, reformer Pilates, once or twice a, uh, a week. Um, or if I have a rest day, I just go for a long walk uh, outside. The importance for me is to get out of the flats at that point. I have to get out, be under the sky, uh, interact with someone. And also part of this is after my that sort of training or uh, workout, I shower, I, um, you know, get ready for the day. And this is when I have to really push myself. I, I have made a promise to myself to try to go and meet someone up after that. This is a time of the day. Now we're maybe at like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. I am not creative at this hour. I know that. I cannot get anything good happening in my brain at this hour. It's in the morning, early in the morning, or late at night that I can be creative. So that's why I have tried to be, do something social in the middle of the day. And why I'm saying try is because I am naturally an introvert. I can spend months on my own in my apartment without interacting with anybody. But I know that it's healthy for me to meet people. So I'm trying to maybe meet someone up for lunch or go for a coffee with someone or just go for a walk with someone or whatever. That's usually when I try to do that. Then I come back home or I go to a coffee shop or a pub or something where I can uh, work. And so work for me, then I'm, this is like the, the, the uh, non-creative side of my work. So I work on advertising campaigns uh, for, for other people. I, that's like a, a thing that I also have started doing the last few years. Either I work on, uh, as an advertising strategist for non-artistic projects but I also do work with a lot of artists and authors on their campaigns so I consult them with how to build up their um, release campaigns I sometimes take on the actual um, advertising um, strategy and implementing it for them this sounds so dry but that's one thing that I that I have really fallen in love with the last few years and that I do um, and uh, it might also be working on my own, like uh, answering emails regarding book orders or um, orders from my store, packing the book orders, going to the post office to send them away, writing up the emails that I need to send out now and then, or like my my social media stuff. Like um, there's a lot that goes into running uh, an artistic business that I actually am doing at this point I have uh, a few people on like uh, on my team I have a few people working on my book publishing company side of this they are every day uh, helping me with answering emails or preparing like marketing campaigns or just keeping everything organized um, and the reason I wanted to have a, like people working on 
on this for me, with me, is that I learned that in order for me to be able to just be creative and, and write really great books and really great songs, I have to have more space to just be creative. Because at some point when I started like selling a bit more books and things started to actually, uh, you know, take off a little bit, I spent all day every day um just being sort of a marketing manager for my own little book business. And it it got me a little bit uninspired at some point. So anyway, that's what I do in the afternoon, uh, into the evening. Uh, I almost always go and work somewhere in the evenings, like even if it's a pub or a restaurant or even go over to a friend and just sit in my friend's kitchen. Um, but I try to go somewhere and sit and work. And then at like in the late evening, this is why I've started to go to sleep late at night because at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., I tend to get very creative again. And that's when I want to get back to to writing or reading or like, yeah, doing what I actually love doing again. So that is a long, probably super boring to listen to a presentation of my day. But having said that, my days are different depending on where I'm at. Like that's why I think I'm so... Um, affected by where I am like physically what city I'm in because yeah I don't want to talk so negatively about certain places but when I'm in Berlin I tend to just sit in my apartment or like you know I don't I'm not so excited to go out and be in the city when I'm in Porto or Barcelona or Lisbon or even Stockholm I I, I feel like I'm a part of the city. I want to go out and be in the city. Every day in Porto, I went out and had my morning coffee and I sat by the river and I, I wrote red by the river, like outside. And then I always wanted to go work in a pub or in a coffee shop. Like that's why I, I think if I'm in a city that I really love being in, I my days are looking more fun <laughs> and nicer. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Um, okay, so Jassy, I don't know if that's your real name, but I kind of like your Instagram handle, had three or even four different questions. Uh, but they were really good questions. I'm actually going to cover all of them. So the first one is, what pushed you the most to strengthen your mindset in order to travel so much? I absolutely love this question. And again, Jesse, I might actually make a longer episode about this only because it is true. Um, it takes a specific mindset to uh, physically move yourself around in the world. And for me, travel is a very sensitive word because I don't consider myself traveling anymore. I move to places. I have temp. Uh, temporary homes in places. Traveling, I've always felt like you're a tourist, like you you travel in and out quickly. I am never feeling like a traveler in the city. I don't. I don't. I never want to feel like a tourist anywhere. I want to move myself to a place and start living a daily life there. Feel like I live there, even if it's just for a month or or a few weeks. Um, but it is true. The the one thing that, I was the two things that you need to learn. The first one is you will be lonely. Um, I think there's a romanticized idea about roaming the world, being a nomad, like not having a safe home. You think that you're gonna meet all these incredible people and never feel lonely. Like 
it's hard to connect on a deep level with people in new places all the time. Number one, you're going to realize that if you're just in a place for a couple of weeks, I often don't even bother to let someone get to know me on a deep level because I'm leaving soon. So what's the point? And saying goodbye to people that you truly actually love hurts so freaking much. So I that's why I have now, the last year, really tried to build myself uh, stable homes around the world instead. Because when I had been hopping around from place to place, or even before when I was touring and like constantly leaving cities, um, you you grow very lonely because nobody is constant for you. You're meeting someone and saying goodbye over and over again. Um, and so that's when you also realize that when you meet a person who gets you, who feels like they are like you and you you feel this deeper spiritual connection to them, it's rare and you need to treasure that person and that friendship because those people, for me, they have just showed up a handful of times in my life. So that's number one. Loneliness is real and you're going to find it when you're traveling. Number two, um, it's tiring. It's very, very tiring. Physically, mentally, all of the other things, uh, all, all of the other ways you can be tired, <laughs> you're going to feel it. It's tiring physically, again, the older you get. When I was 19, 20 and hopped around in England, no. I, I did not have back pain. I didn't, I wasn't tired. I could sleep three hours a night and I was on it. Now, it's tiring to go to the airport, the, the security shit, uh, booking all the tickets, uh, like carrying your stuff. I don't know. It's, it's tiring. <laughs> I sound like a grandma. What happened to me? Anyway, um, it's real. The tiredness is real. It's also tiring mentally because, um, you know, if you would only stay for a, in a place for a week and keep doing that or two weeks, you your mind needs, needs to get used to a new place. And as much as that keeps you awake, keeps you alert, keeps you excited about getting to know your new little Airbnb or temporary um, bedroom or city... You do need to create spaces for yourself where you can 100% relax and come home and feel like this is my home and breathe out and develop your routine. So that's again why I have found that now I feel more fueled when I go and stay for a month somewhere. Because in a month, you can find that sense of home and peace. Um, and, and then I can move to a new place and be there for a month. Instead of, you know, spending a couple of nights here and there and always moving on, that to me would be too tiring today. So I would think when when it comes to the mindset, um, it's these two things. And what pushed you the most to strengthen your mindset? I mean, when I, I was kind of forced to because I wanted to spread my music, I wanted to play my songs for people who wanted to listen. So I had to go around and I mean when I when I grew up my biggest dream was to live on a tour bus and always be going to new places every single day my entire life like I dreamt of never having a home 
and and literally living in a tour bus, just going from place to place, sharing my music. So that was what I wanted to do when I was younger. And then you develop that this that those mindset pieces because you really want to uh, share what you've done or so. Um. Yeah, I think I hope that answers your question. Advice for early 20s, afraid to change their character, but wanting to, and how to gain confidence. Oh my God, this is such a great question. Um, advice for early 20s, afraid to change their character, but wanting to, and how to gain confidence. Okay, two things here. The first one is you should read a book called "How to uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. I read that book many years ago when I was when I felt that the beginning of a very tough breakup had started and I realized I'm going to have to do a big um I'm going to have to relearn myself in order to move on from this. I'm going to have to start a new life in order to move on from this. And I read that book and it changed everything for me. It changed how I view the world, how I view myself, how I um, moved forward, how I did my work, how I interacted with people, how I dressed. It changed everything. And I'm so grateful for that book. Um, So pick it up, read it, watch. um, If you search for Joe Dispenza on YouTube, he's done tons of interviews, podcast episodes. He's like a really, I mean, now he's kind of famous, a celebrity, I guess, but if you're searching for like older clips of him before he got commercialized, if I can say so, um, he was very pure uh, in how he described things. He has this beautiful middle ground because um, between psychology, like the scientific psychology, and a little bit of the spir- spirituality in there. Um, so search for him. It's going to help you. But also remember that the way that you are today in your early 20s is so formed by where you grew up, the people you grew up with, and the culture you grew up in. And these things actually are accidental. You did not choose these things. You didn't choose where you grew up. You didn't choose the people on your street. You didn't choose your classmates. You didn't choose the culture you were born into. And so that means that it might not be the perfect fit for you. You don't know that. And the only way to know that is to go out there and discover the other ways to go through a life, discover other cultures, other people with other backgrounds in other neighborhoods. And maybe you're going to find that, you know, after five years of exploring that, you're going to find that, no, I want to go back home. I love my home culture and my home people and my home streets. Beautiful then you can go back home and you have all these experiences and now you can really appreciate it. But you might also find that these things, the things I were born into, they created a certain character of me that actually is not who I uh, am if I forget about the accidental things in my life where I was born or the people in my class. Um, And you might find that there is a a more suiting way to be, to move through the world, to talk to yourself, to talk to other people. And I think the only way to find this and feel confident about testing it out, because it's about testing. 
you need to, I believe, you need to test out different versions of yourself in order to find what feels right. Um, and, you know, I think that that is not, that does not mean that you are being, um, that you're not being true to yourself or whatever. You can be true to yourself and dress in a hundred different ways. You can be true to yourself and work with a hundred different things. So it's just about you being true to yourself and still figuring out how you want your life to look, you know? And in order to find that, you have to test things. Um, and I believe the best way to go out and test things without being worried about what people will say about your changed character or changed clothing style or changed job or whatever is to move to a new place where nobody knows who you are, where nobody can say, you've changed. Go to a new city and be someone new that you dream of being and see how it feels and naturally see what that city pulls out of you. That's another thing. Like when I go to Gothenburg, where I'm born in Sweden, I, I easily naturally slip into a specific way of being. Then I go to Barcelona and I that city draws out a different part of me. That city draws out this mysterious nightly person in me. Then I go to Stockholm. In Stockholm, I become an entrepreneur. I am not creative in Stockholm. I have nothing creative inside of me when I'm in Stockholm, but I am very business smart there. When I go to Porto, I become a poet. In Porto draws out the poetry in me. I just write and write and write. And so also go to different places and figure out, you know, see what the city draws out of you and, and decide what part do you like the most. And, and, you know, it's about experimenting. That's what I'm saying. Life is about experimenting and testing and, and finding things as you go. How long, how long have I been talking? Um, is this maybe where we should, let me see where we're at. Uh, we have talked for 45 minutes. Wow. You guys, this is great. What a lovely morning moment with my coffee. I'm going to split this up in two because I haven't even covered half of the questions. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to answer all of Jazzy's questions. So the next one is advice for making friends when you're in a new place and have social anxiety. That's a great question. I got a lot of questions from you guys about moving to a new city, which makes me so excited. But yes, making friends is really hard. For me, I mean, everyone's different here. But I know when I, the first time I moved away from Sweden, I moved to London and the thing that was so freeing for me there was that nobody knew me. Like I did not have to worry about what people thought of me or um, what they would say about me or if that would like become a rumor or whatever. Nobody knew me. And if I met someone at a pub or in a coffee bar or at a concert, I, I didn't have to meet them again if I didn't want to. I was in this huge city with all new people. So I met someone and I could like really try to be outgoing and social, even though that was not natural to me. And I could try to say this and do that. And often it actually made me feel very free because I realized that the reason I felt shy and introvert in Gothenburg was that I had been programmed to think that that's who I am there. But I was not that anymore. 
I had grown out of that. When I moved to London, I became very extroverted because that's who I could be in that city. So making friends is about, for me, it's about, you know, forgetting what you think you are. Just like we talked about before, forget who you think you are and decide who you want to be and then try to be that. And if it feels super unnatural after a couple of times, then, you know, don't fake, don't fake anything. But what you might find is that it's not that, it's just unusual. It doesn't feel wrong, it just feels unusual because you've never done it before. So push yourself to new behaviors because that's the whole point of moving to a new place. Okay, last question. I love this one too. Jesse, you, you, I wish you could just send me questions every day that well, they are like writing prompts that I can keep writing on. What does spirituality mean to you? I have your book and I know you meditate, but can you elaborate? Yes, love, love this question. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I actually am a yoga teacher. I've, I've done th- uh, two different yoga teacher trainings and I do have a very re- like um, dedicated and uh, religious yoga practice for myself every single day. And the thing that's important to know is that yoga does not mean the physical practice yoga. Yoga is a lifestyle. Yoga is a circle, uh, it's like a wheel, a circle of the yogic um, values and elements. One part of that is the physical postures, the, the, the physical yoga practice. And that can be hatha yoga, vinyasa yoga, yin yoga, whatever you're into. The whole purpose of that yoga, that, that physical yoga, is to prepare your body so you can sit in a meditation posture for a long time without having to move or without getting pain in your back or legs. But then there are other parts of this wheel, and they are... Um, like um, ethics, so like, do not steal from other people. Like, um, for example, and, and they are so beautiful to read about. There's a beautiful book called The Yamas and Niyamas f- from hmm, I can't remember The Yamas and Niyamas. Deborah, could her name be? I'm not sure. It's like a classic when it comes to studying the yogic lifestyle, and she is diving into each value or each ethic. Um, guide thing uh, in its own chapter like you can really go deep into what this means and how you can incorporate it in your life but the the one thing that I for example just to give you an example like the um the thing of non non-stealing at a shallow glance that means do not go into a store and steal something right but that's not really what it means what it also means is do not steal other people's lights or other people's happiness or other people's moments. For example, if a friend came over to me and said, oh my God, I had uh, the most incredible thing happening today. Like I met this person and this happened and this happened and I'm so excited for it. And I immediately say, I had the worst day ever. I'm so annoyed and frustrated and I need to tell you about it. That's actually me stealing her moment, stealing her high energy, her happiness. I can share my frustration and tough day in a 
gentler way, in a kinder way, without stealing her happiness in moments. Um, so there's a lot of these like deeper um, ethical pieces to yoga that are very important to me. And that is about spirituality. And so spirituality, to answer your question, is super important to me because it has taught me a- about being a better person on the planet. The second part of it is spirituality to me taught me this connection to earth, connection to the sky, connection to nature that, as I have already talked about a lot today, is super important to me because I grew up not having that uh, around me or told to me. Nobody talked about getting connected to the earth or to the elements. Um, I grew up being told you have to get good grades and get a good job and earn a bunch of money. And so when I found yoga and they talk about, you know, feeling your breath inside of your body, like prana, like feel the life force circling around your joints and um, learning to be in the moment with no past, no future, or learning to feel the connection to earth and honor your ancestors, honor who walked on this piece of land that you stand on right now, because you are not alone, and learning to see every new person um, from the back. So if you, they're saying that the front of a person, that's, you know, this specific person's happenings and experiences and thoughts. But if you're looking at the back of a person, that's the ancestors, everyone who's been before this person, not just parents and grandparents, but like who, who created this person's um, family tree, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years back, honor them. And, and like, there is so much beautiful, um, like, deeper grounding beliefs that that comes with practicing some sort of spiritual practice. And it doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be meditation. It can literally be reading a book on something like this. Or it can just be taking a beautiful walk in nature and looking up at the sky and taking a deep breath and really feeling it, you know? That's spiritual to me. Anything that has to do with feeling connected to something else than industry, business, or money that's spiritual to me. So it's super important to me because also I think if I, like um, business and spirituality, they are two complete opposites to me. So when we are living in such a business world today, every one of us, um, everything is about marketing and money and influencers and followings and likes and popularity, that's business. Spirituality has nothing to do with that. It's on the complete other spectrum of this. Spirituality has helped me stay sane and feel that I'm going to write this poem even if nobody reads it because it matters to me. And I want to believe that someone up there, energy, source, sky, wants me to create this. That's spirituality for me. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pause it here, but I'm actually going to probably keep going right now to answer the rest of the questions, but I'm going to split it up to a part 2. So, I'll give you this episode today. I'm going to try to get this up today on Sunday, and maybe part 2 will come on like Wednesday or Thursday. Um 
But I love this. I hope I hope I said something valuable. God, uh, thank you so much for sending me these questions. Uh, I'm gonna do these like chill, sit down and just chat podcast a bit more because I really, I really enjoy them. Anyway, I hope you're all doing well. Sorry for being inconsistent as a human, as a person, as a writer, as a podcaster. Uh, you know, I could say it. I'm gonna try to change it, but you know what? I won't. It is who I am, and it's gonna be that way until something changes. But I love you and um, I hope you are happy and healthy and peaceful and free. Thank you for listening. I love you. Bye.